Welcome to Burnside at Home. Thanks for joining with us today in our uh, service of worship. This is a pre-recording of what's going to happen in our service in the church building on Sunday at 11am. And uh, you're very welcome to join with us any Sunday now that our church has opened back up again. We have all the safety measures in place. We also have an overflow into the hall with a video link uh, should the church building itself be full. And uh, you can come and join with us and we have plenty of room uh, for visitors as uh, well as our own members each Sunday. Uh, this is uh, Sunday the 30th of May and we're going back to the book of James today and we're going to be thinking about how do you cope with peacemaking and uh, you can uh, watch this on the website along with slides or you can listen via the podcast or the telephone line and whichever way you're joining us you're very very welcome today. Can I just look ahead to next Sunday, uh, Sunday the 6th of June? It's going to be a very special time together whenever we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And we'll be doing that in the church building and the church hall. Uh, we have uh, pre-packaged communion packs uh, with bread and wine in them so that everything is sanitised and so that we can do uh, communion as safely as possible. And you'll be very welcome to join with us uh, next Sunday. We'll also have the service recorded. Uh, so that you can listen at home but obviously uh, communion will work much better if you're able to come and join with us in the building. So let's worship God together and today as we come back to the book of James uh, we have some very good advice about coming into God's presence to worship him. James tells us submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So today we come submitting ourselves to God. We come resisting the devil and all that he would tempt us with. We plan to come near to God so that he will come near to us. And we do humble ourselves before the Lord and ask that he will lift us up today. So let's begin by coming to God in prayer together. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we bow before you today because you are the almighty, the everlasting, the great and mighty God. And we come today to submit ourselves to you. We recognise, Lord, that we have a tendency to be proud and arrogant and to demand our own ways. And yet, Lord, we should come humbly before you, accepting your will and accepting your plans. And so, Lord, we pray that we might submit ourselves to you in all that we do today. We humble ourselves before you, Lord, and we ask that as we come in humility, that you would lift us up, that we would not be lifted up on our own plans and our own uh, thoughts of ourselves, but instead we would be lifted up by your hand. We come near to you today, Lord, and we pray that you would come near to us. And therefore, Lord, we resist the devil and we pray that he might flee from us. We ask, Lord, that you would give us the strength that we need to be able to resist temptation and turn away from it and turn to you. And we ask, Lord, that in everything that we do together, that your name would be glorified. Amen. 
At this point in our service on Sunday, we're going to be singing together blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. And in the chorus each time we sing, this is my story. This is my song, praising my saviour all the day long. And then we sing also in the second verse that it's perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love, reminding us that as we come to worship God today, that this is our story of salvation, that he has saved us. And we come submitting ourselves to him. We find perfect delight in him. And because of him, these visions of rapture are filling our minds and filling our lives and all that we do. And we're going to come to God in prayer once again. We're going to bring the needs of others. And also as we pray, we want to pray for Peter and Anna Crawford, who are now serving God in Greece And uh, we pray that God will continue to bless them in that work. And we pray for their family situations as well. So let's bow before God in prayer. Heavenly Father, today we come to you once again in prayer. And we bring the needs of others. We pray for our nation, Lord. And we pray especially for those in government who are in control of all that happens. And we thank you, Lord, that they are not in control. This past week, we have heard so much that would concern us and worry us about what takes place behind the closed doors of government. But Lord, we thank you that you are the one who is in control and therefore we put our trust in you. We ask, Lord, that you would be glorified Uh, day by day through decisions that are taken on a national level. And Lord, we pray that there would be a, a true submission to you, that people would come to you and humble themselves and seek you. Lord, we pray for revival because we recognize that this is the only solution that we can find in this world. We realize that People have thought themselves clever in thinking up vaccines and coming up with all sorts of plans. But we realise, Lord, that only whenever we submit to you will there be any change. Lord, we continue to pray for Israel and Palestine and the ceasefire there. We pray that it would hold and that uh, there would be talks and lasting peace in that land. We pray for Myanmar and again, Lord, we pray for democracy to be restored there. We pray about North Korea, Lord, and we think of our brothers and sisters there who are persecuted for their faith, are imprisoned, taken away from their families. And we ask that you would be with them and help them day by day. And indeed, Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters in many persecuted countries throughout the world. We pray today, Lord, for our own lives, that we would submit ourselves to you and come to you. And we ask, Lord, that we might glorify you with our lives in all that we do. 
Lord, we pray for Peter and Anna Crawford and we thank you for the way that they have settled in over the last year uh, to Greece and uh, the work that they've been able to establish there. We thank you for the opportunities that they've had to speak for you and to make new contacts. And Lord, we pray for their family as well as they've been separated over these past 15 months, unable to meet up. And we pray that over this summer they would have opportunity to meet again and to see one another and to celebrate significant occasions. So Lord, we bring all these our prayers before you now and we leave them in and through Jesus' precious name. Amen. Our Bible reading today is James chapter 4, uh, verses 1 to 12. And uh, in James chapter 4, verses 1 to 12, uh, James is talking about peacemaking and what it means to uh, not have quarrels and fights, but how we can be a friend of God and not necessarily a friend of the world. So let's hear God's word together. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbour? Amen. And we pray for God's blessing to be upon the reading of his word. Last time that we were in the book of James, we were asking this question, how do you cope with speaking? And we ended with a real challenge from James, which I assume none of us would be arguing about. He said in verse 18 of chapter 3, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Maybe you've been asking yourself during the last fortnight since we read that together, what does that look like in my life? How can I be a peacemaker? How can I sow peace and reap righteousness? So today we venture into chapter four and we're going to be asking another question. How do you cope with peacemaking? 
We probably all agree that peacemaking is a good idea, but often the cost of peace is high. We only have to look at our own province here to discover just how high the cost of peace can be. But sometimes that's balanced when we realise the cost of not having peace and realise that that is even higher. So today we'll see that to be a peacemaker, we need to be a friend of God and not of the world. And we're going to look at how we speak to others and how we speak about others. So how do we cope with peacemaking? Well, James tells us that we should avoid friendship with the world. I'm not sure what springs to your mind whenever you think about peacemaking. Do you immediately think about the troubles here in Northern Ireland? Or do recent news reports make you think about the Middle East and Israel and Palestine? Or maybe you think on a much more personal basis about someone that you no longer speak to. They used to be such a good friend, but there was a falling out and there seems to be no way to mend that relationship. Any one of those scenarios would be a good place to end up. But James is encouraging us to start off somewhere else. He sees the path of peacemaking starting off with making our peace with God. Now sometimes we think of making our peace with God as something that's done at the end of life. As we near death, we get everything in order and make sure that everything's sorted out with God so that there's nothing that's going to get in the way of us receiving eternal life. But making peace with God is something that should be done immediately in our lives, not waiting till the end of life, but done right now, so that it guides us throughout the whole of our lives. In verse 4, James says, You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with, against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. To be a peacemaker then, avoid friendship with the world. And how does that manifest itself in our lives? Well, James asks the question in verse 1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? And then he helpfully goes on to answer it. He says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? When we're friends with the world, we desire worldly things more than heavenly things. We place more value on the things of this world than on the things of the world to come. That's what it means to be a friend of the world, to value this world more than we value God. And James points out that this can be so dangerous. Look at verses 2 to 3. Because it can ultimately lead to murder. It certainly will lead to quarrels and fights. It messes up our perspective and we forget to ask God for the very things that we need. And we assume that we know better than God the things that we need. It's the world that's directing us. And that puts huge barriers up between us and God. So we need to be careful. So we're to avoid friendship with the world. And then James goes on to tell us that we are to seek friendship with God. We're to seek friendship with Jesus Christ. Now what does that look like? 
Sometimes we talk a lot about making a commitment to Jesus. We commit to following Jesus. We commit some of our spare time to Jesus. We commit some of our skills to Jesus. We commit some of our money to Jesus. But James uses a much better word. He uses a much more demanding word. He says at the beginning of verse 7, submit yourselves then to God. He's not saying commit yourself to God. He's saying submit yourself. Submit means to accept or or to yield to the authority or the will of another person. And when we come to seek friendship with God, we don't just give a little to him. We give everything to him. We accept his authority over every aspect of our lives. Verses 9 to 10 then gives us a few more steps to see what that's like, what it's like whenever we submit to Jesus. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So far, if we want to be peacemakers then, we have to avoid friendship with the world. We have to seek friendship with God. And finally, we need to avoid making enemies of the world. So we're not to be friends with the world, but we're also not to have the world as our enemies. James tells us not to slander each other. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Now, that's very practical advice that James is giving to his readers. It is how we should treat other people so that we work towards peace. But let's also realise that all of these actions have a spiritual impact as well. This is where our relationship with Jesus is forged. If we're judging others, then we're doing the one thing that Jesus came to do. And whenever we speak against others, we're usually dealing with them harshly. Whereas Jesus comes in judgment. But he brings mercy rather than condemnation. So yes, Jesus does judge. But in that act of judging, he offers mercy. He offers a way out. He offers a way to avoid the punishment and to receive the eternal life. His desire is to see repentance. He wants to see souls being saved. Whereas often we want revenge. We need to examine how we treat others. We need to listen carefully to the things that we say. There is a day of judgment coming, but we're not the ones who will judge in that day. That role has been reserved exclusively for Jesus. So how do we cope with peacemaking? Well, James asked the question at the start of the chapter, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? And I wonder, did you notice two words that he used in connection with these desires? 
There are two words which Jesus uses in the Sermon on the Mount. In verse 2, James calls the behaviour murderous. He says, you desire but do not have, so you kill. And then in verse 4, James calls the behaviour adulterous. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? So, murderers and adultery both stop us seeking peace and making peace in our lives. Murder and adultery in our relationship with God stops us having that relationship with God. So murder is fine. We know what killing is. But what about adultery? Well, adultery is giving love to someone when it's already been promised to another. And that's what James is calling out here. He says that is what happens when we embrace the world, whenever we are already promised to Jesus, when we love the things of the world with the same passion that we were supposed to devote to Jesus because we'd submit it to him. And James is saying it is as serious as adultery. None of us would, would think for a moment that adultery was not something serious. And James is saying it's as serious as that when we turn to the things of the world rather than the things of God. And any peace that we thought we had is buried in conflict because adultery is never a peaceful situation. Or you might argue that it's fun for a while. You might just about describe it as as fulfilling for a little while, but it is never peaceful because it rips at the very heart of relationships. And if we are loving the world more than we're loving God, then that is ripping apart that relationship with God. To submit to Jesus Christ leaves no room for any other relationship in our lives. So today, let us submit to God. Let us resist the devil. And let us come near to God so that he will come near to us. So let's bow before him in prayer. Lord God, we come to you today and we pray that we might submit to you, that we might hand over everything in our lives to you, not holding back, Lord, not trying to hedge our bets with a little bit of the world and a little bit of you mixed together. But Lord, help us to submit fully and completely to you and trust in you. Help us, Lord, to resist the devil and the temptations that he brings into our lives. Help us to come near to you and we pray, Lord, that you would come near to us. And we ask these things, Lord, so that we would have this deep relationship with you. Not that we would have anything that would promote ourselves, but only what would promote you. And so, Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In our service on Sunday, we're going to be singing all to Jesus 
I surrender. It's that idea of submitting to Jesus Christ. All to him I freely give. Not just a little, but all. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. And then in the chorus each time, it's a a chorus of testimony. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. And then in the next verse, all to Jesus, I surrender. Make me, Savior, wholly thine. Fill me with thy love and power. Truly know that thou art mine. So let's finish our time together uh, by uh, sharing the benediction. Now we pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with us all both now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining with us today in our pre-recorded service. As I said, you're very welcome any Sunday at 11 o'clock to be with us in the building with all of the restrictions in place and all the safety measures in place. And we'd be delighted to see you, and especially next Sunday as we celebrate communion together. So may God bless you this week.